Ways that we saw Chappy. Hey back Tom. Hey back Tom. Hey back. Hey back. All right. Episode three. Spew Horizons, also known as Japanese Horizons. this little fellow. Ah, all right, let's have a little sip here. See how we go. All right, episode three, Spew Horizons. Um, as is tradition, I'll begin with a little poem. Ashes to brashes, past to bust. Cynical bus drivers on the crust. Look out stomach, here comes rust. No way out of this maze. All this nullified snot craze. Watch the scarecrow with the grenade as a nose. Wistful bulldogs leaping at meat. I want to move to Crete. I've heard they've got cheap seats to the worst show in the world. I'm a terrible, happy, happy winner. Me funny, funny, wicker man. Nagasha Dugger. Does that make sense? I did it to the pointless unicorn of a human I just shot out of the sky. What I'm trying to say is sometimes you try in life. Most of the time, let's face it, most of the time you fail. And occasionally you win. Winning comes in the subsections. This includes all the usual stuff like, you know, blowing up animals, beasting your snot and punching Fuzzbird in the face so hard that he comes out of his coma. There hasn't been much joy lately, particularly if your name is Reggie the Veggie, tickling edgy. So the other week, me mates at the NC, the nocturnal village that is, we're finally getting sick of the violent leader like a Latino coup d'etat. The weakling, scornful scum decided to leave me like a beaten dog runs from its loving master. I woke up on an average Melbourne morning to find everyone and everything gone. It was like some Canadian oil worker had woken up after 20 years slumber in this deserted town in a northern province and everyone had just headed back to the city while he stayed to drink whiskey, hunt dogs, get frostbite and start a fashion label for the 20 corpses which dangle from the abandoned town's power lines. I got up and I saw the kitchen sparse. As I descended out of my freezing cellar through the series of trapdoors and false walls, I heard no noise, no flying saucers, no shrilling ladyboys in the fireplace, no gnomes, no rock and roll, no television. I literally thought it was the apocalypse. I mean, I literally thought they were all dead as door handles. What did I, what, what did I do? I did what every normal man would do. 
I chucked on my combat jacket, grabbed my Lewis gun, and started hunting for answers, or victims rather. An hour went by when I realised there was massive red graffiti on the wall of the communal living room saying, we're gone. It was made in Vegemite, so I knew that Fuzzburner had told me they had all left me. Oh mate, I felt betrayed, felt rejected, I felt unpleasant, I felt worthless, and more than anything, I felt powerfully angry. Like a divorced, divorced SS general, I instantly sought out revenge. I went to the communal payphone. This was just one of those awesome new telecom touch button phones, which we had on. We had call waiting on them, so it was pretty good. I've grabbed the phone book. I've started calling everyone I knew. Ran Alderan to see whether there'd been a full exodus. The phone rang for at least an hour before some Kunung stoner picked it up and started quoting lines from Rotor. I blasted him and called Percy and Byron's mates. I spent the probably next three hours calling all sorts of disconnected numbers. Voices of tranny winners, corrupt cops, vicious and ridiculous cool people. You name it, I called them. After hours and hours of talking into the blower, as the Americans say, I felt pretty discouraged. Oh, you know, the earpiece was imprinted on the side of my head, right? And I was, I was close to suicide. No hype in sight. All of a sudden, I rang some of Percy Honky's more obscure contacts, numbers that were scribbled on the back of phone books in a pathetic pencil from a bygone era. All of a sudden, I saw a couple of names. Guys I met with, uh, these guys with Hungarian surnames, Russell and Jimmy Fedor, folks like that. I met them once in a pub in Camberwell, back when I was branching out as a yuppie man, spending time with the non-scum humans, that sort of thing. And these guys, they seemed nicer than people I had brutalised. Um, sort of fellas that would be, they were happy to hang out with a beast like me. A spinning madman, benign of feeling and thought. You know, that sort of crowd. So I rang these nice guys, and all of a sudden they agreed to hang out. Oh, fair enough. Couldn't believe it. I mean, I've been ditched by these, uh, I've been ditched by my scumbag mates, right? And all of a sudden, this group of guys who all, they're like upper middle class, middle park types, they wanted to hang out. And I met him at a cafe in Alamein and uh, Russell, Jimmy and the Blaze were rocking up to drink cappuccinos and Gatorades to plan the next night out in the city. I mean, these guys were awesome. They were. They wore the latest cool guy fashion, yeah? Denim shorts, they had goatee beards, baggy linen pants and all their hair was centre parted. And as I left that that gathering. They high, they even high-fived in an organised fashion so they would hold their all their hands standing in a circle above one point above the ground and they would sort of count down and do a group high-five just for efficiencies and to save time doing individual high-fives. So a pretty good crew, very organised, pretty friendly. And so we organised the next night out and I was more excited than a dart on fire as the saying goes, 
So we hooked up and we watched a couple of NBL games, drank a bloody shitload of uh, milkshakes at Johnny Rockets, spiders sometimes, depending on you know, how we felt. And we just ended up at one of their houses, you know, watching more NBA, watching NHL, um, and listening to house music, handbag, house, garage, house, you name it, you know, the whole works. These guys were actually nice. Like they'd ask questions, they, they'd serve mugachinos, even baby chinos if you wanted one. They, they gave me a cozy little spare bed to crash in. And we watched American movies into the early morning. It was pretty cool. And to my disbelief, these guys didn't even, they didn't swore, I mean swear, they didn't drink. And they weren't even drinking grog, I mean, what? So they, they said they only drink when they're out. And then when I mentioned uh, a bongathon, which I'd been to sort of the week or month before, there were these sort of whimsical blank faces, you know. They just sort of, as you can tell, wasn't they weren't from that world. I mean, these, they were kind though, they had money, they had decent houses, but not like the wealthy heroes I hung out with in the 80s. They weren't bashing minorities, they weren't doing lines of coke on the bonnet of Mack trucks. They were pretty, you know, sort of staunch characters. So I've called the Nocturnal Village, no answer. No answer. I mean, I made a decision at this, that point. It's like, these guys were my new brothers. Forget the NC, the Nocturnal Village, you know, forget it. Now, two guys in this new crew, they stood out specifically, and that was Russell and Jimmy. I mean, these guys, they were postmodern, they were post-recession, they had silky shirts, they had sweet goatees, Honda Preludes, four-wheel steering, you know what I'm talking about? Cruising the streets and just in a new wave. And we were listening to acid jazz, uh, fusion jazz, and and we were wearing jazz men's aftershave, and we'd wear sort of jazz men's alternative clothing. Uh, we even, some, t- some nights we'd go out and we'd wear fusion jazz clothing. Other nights we'd uh, wear acid jazz clothing. A real range. And, you know, really impressive, like really cool. Hotter than any Soviet hunk I've ever seen. So blonde, you'd get like, you know, we're talking about Chapel Street and that. So you'd get blonde babes that come by in high jeans. Flock to, flock to us in their high jeans, you know. Um, I mean, there's some hot girls, I'll tell you what, jeans up to the neck, you know what I mean? Hanging on to the Jerry Seinfeld style jokes and we're just high-fiving, because we'd love high-fiving, you know. That was sort of, what we, it's almost like we'd go out just to high-five. So you'd be up high, down low, on the side. And then we'd also get into fist pumping, the whole works and we'd just be cruising for slurpees at 3am every night. It was pretty cool. And I could crash, just crash in their padded Hartwell, you know, four or five days at a run. And then, so then after a while, you know, all of a sudden we're heading up to the grain store in the CBD. And these winners, I mean, they were really beasty. Listening to American rap music, Euro dance music from hell, fashion from all ends of buggery. Um, now these, you know, this is like, so my new Hungarian, Australian Hungarian mates, they said to rock up and have a blitzkrieg time at the 
main man house it was called so I, I thought yeah I'll rock up in an outfit which I'd seen from a recent episode of Gary Seinfeld and you know, so I had on a pirate shirt which some cool guy had worn while dodging bullets from some metaphorical Libyan arachnid I came into the club hot yuppie 90s man you know dressed up to the nines got my new friends dancing to Austrian techno rap you got these blonde hotties dancing the running man to some Eon FM rock all of a sudden I noticed that I had no cologne on now the legendary yuppie hunks had the latest David Jones jazz on but I was sweating and heaving in my ridiculous pirate shirt which was actually a real pirate shirt by the way stolen off a costume store in Surrey Hills owned by an actual Indonesian pirate because I was all about authenticity in those days now it struck me you know okay alright here I am I need a scent a beautiful floral scent of this exciting chapter of Australian 1990s history it's what I needed to get some on me now I could sense heaven was approaching and I needed a smell which covered the hell stench of a rotten suburban Neanderthal. Okay, so I've run out of Skeletor. Found a bottle of what I thought was Brute 33. The illegal one which they released back in oh, 84, 85 for a month until they released it uh, called Ants. I put, they changed the name, like rebranding. I poured this over my head until I realised that it was just another oh, it was just another bottle of petrol. I mean, I got my Molotov cocktails mixed up. You know what I mean? And now I was covered in Saddam's perfume. Oh, so I was pretty drunk. So I just staggered back into the grain store and started doing the running man. Um, so all of a sudden, CNC oh mate, CNC Music Factory came on. And the whole place went ballistic. Russell, Jimmy, and about 20 others start cheering me on as I did the make the hottest, craziest dance moves from Central Europe. The nightmare was over. My days as an aged bogan, nothing, were, they were transcending into a victorious, heroic chapter, catapulting me into orbit, winning love and attention. Bruce Samazan came on and I started ripping my pirate shirt off. I was going off. I unknowingly whipped out a massive joint and lit it like training Ukrainian panther. In an instant, within a split nanosecond, I, the whole room got even more excited. Everyone's cheering, screaming, and just giving me hot attention. I was doing the sprinted man, like, a step beyond the running man and um, uh, hold on hey 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 so yeah, so everyone's getting more excited, like I said, you know, it's cheering, screaming, all that noise. Now I was doing, so I started off doing the rubber man, now I was doing the sprinting man, you know what I mean? And as people scrambled in excitement, and I was smoking hot, dancing like a spinning crocodile feaster, and just like looking for mayhem, flat out. 
and all of a sudden I realised people were screaming and running in fear. What's going on? Smoke poured over my eyes and I, I did a heavy metal breakdancing routine. And at that point, I realised I was on effing fire, mate. The petrol and lit joint was mixing, like mixing Nazis and Soviets in a pig stew. I, I was in a panic, just a panic, and in pain, and a pain of being on fire. I sprinted out the front door to the grain store on fire, and I was throwing my flaming, hot, fiery body down on the footpath, and I screamed at passers-by to put me out. All of a sudden, this couple of homeless gillbillies saw me, so they ran over and started pissing on me to save my useless life. In the flash of a grenade, it was all over. I never saw those awesome yuppie guys again, and I spent two months in emergency. When I arrived back at the nocturnal village, I realised that the guys had just been cleaning and actually and actually didn't notice I'd been missing for two and a half months. They just said, g'day salt runner. And when I got back in full body bandages and I drove Skeletor into the brown bowling green of the nocturnal village. Well, nothing had changed once again. From reptiles to wrecking, stick to your non-existent day jobs, fill your mind with trash.